When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Some people just know bundling with Allstate means big savings. Just like they know the right ingredient means big flavor. They know honey on pizza is where it's at. And olive oil on ice cream is the cherry on top. And they know when you bundle home and auto with Allstate, you can save up to 25%. Mm -mm. Bundled savings vary by state and are not available in every state. Saving up to 25% is the countrywide average of the maximum available savings off the home policy. Allstate Vehicle and Property Insurance Company and Affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois. This is the Sooner Sports Podcast. Your all-access pass to Sooner Sports. The Sooner Sports Podcast is presented by Allstate. Are you in good hands? And by Riverwind Resort. Riverwind Resort, the place to be. Oh, mama! What a play! Now from Sooner Sports TV, here's Jessica Cooney and Meg McDonald. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the Sooner Sports Podcast with Jess and Meg. Jessica Cooney, Meg McDonald. We're uh, excited for what? What week is this? I've we've lost already like, five. We've already got Are so many. I think this is four. This is week four. Oh, and <laughs> we've. It's still as fun as it was when we did it that first week. To me, I've had um, a lot of fun getting to. Explore different kind of avenues, different talk to different people within the athletics department. It's it's you know, they say time flies when you're having fun and I've certainly been having fun with this. <laughs> Sweet Jess. I feel like we really are at week five, are we not? Okay, we had the goats, all the goat yes, coaches. The goats. Then we had who did we have week two? We had uh Coach Ross and Sherry. And then we had Courtney and KJ and Maggie. Oh, this we're is at week, week five. five. I was like in my head, like I think we're at week five. Yes, we are. We've we've uh we man, we've been cranking them out. Yeah, this man, it's fun. been fun. So this week on the pod, we've uh, got one of the new faces here at the University of Oklahoma. And if you've been a fan of the Sooners for a while, I know everyone gets always ex- is always excited to see about what Joe Castiglione, what direction he's going to go when he hires, when he goes through a hiring process, because. Obviously, you look at the coaching staff that the roster of coaches here at the University of Oklahoma from, you know, literally every single sport you're talking about, some of the best in the country. And a lot of times when they start, they're up and comers. And that's what we've got 
on the podcast today. And so that's the new volleyball coach, Lindsay Gray Walton. She's super young, vibrant, has a ton of energy. I'm really, really excited about what she's going to do to this program, Jess. Yeah, she's got lots of great ideas. Um, you know, she was, we sat in her office. We were supposed to be there at 1230 and we were going to do 10 minutes and it ended up being, we were in there for like 45 minutes or close to an hour. So, uh, you know, and, and we talked before we started doing the podcast and then we talked afterwards and it was, you know, she's, you can't help but get excited about what she's going to do with this program. And, you know, I mean, even if, which we've talked, volleyball is a fun sport to Mm -hmm. watch. And so, you know, I think, you know, she's going to bring back a new energy to that. But I just, I get so excited whether you're, you like to watch volleyball or not. Like just hearing her talk, you get excited about what she's going to do. She's super passionate. She's coming from Kentucky where she was there for, I believe, seven seasons. They went to the final four last year. This Kentucky program is known for being a really high caliber volleyball team. And she brings a whole new energy. Her coaching staff is also pretty young. They're super into defense. They want to already have a couple plans and how they want to brand for recruiting when it comes to defense. I can't, just talking to her, I cannot wait for volleyball season. <laughs> yeah, you ended it like, is it volleyball season yeah. yet? So super excited to have Lindsay Gray Walton joining us here on the podcast this week. Of course, the new volleyball coach here at the University of Oklahoma. A lot of excitement with, uh, you know, you coming in here with the girls and, and with the staff around here. Uh, what, you, you come from Kentucky, you're young, you, you make no bones about it. You were a couple years ago at 30 under 30 in, in volleyball. What made you feel like you were prepared for this step here at Oklahoma? Yeah, um, you never really think you are until you feel it like you do in recruiting. Um, You feel like the department, the people, the resources, the support, um, the pieces in place are there that with the right belief and drive and and also people that you surround yourself within your staff that you can do it. Um, And it is, it, it was a lot of evaluation of, for our family, is it right? For our career, is it right? And then, you know, people always tell you, you just know. And I, I felt it when I was on my interview here. Um, I felt like my, it wasn't like I was done at Kentucky, but I had two great opportunities and roads to go down and choose. It's like that fork in the road. Um, and, you know, I, I got this from someone on a on a podcast one time, <laughs> but um, they said, I believe in 10 years of service. And it's not that you're washing your hands clean of somewhere, but you are passing it on so that new life, new enhancements can be made so that they can continue down their road of greatness. And you take what you learned during that service and you go and you infuse a new program and you carry on those roots. Um, and so, yeah, I'm proud and excited and a little nervous too (laughs) just I'm sure like everyone is Mm -hmm. you know you get that whole like welcome to head coaching moments and and but you figure them out and that's where you fall back on you know how you were a learner where you came from and what maybe my boss would have done or what you know a, a different coach in the department would do in this situation and so yeah all of a sudden you are like you're in first grade again just learning and gathering information and you kind of have this little black book of ideas of, of what you're going to do when you get there. Um, and so, yeah, the, the blueprint is there, I think, and, and what we've, we've taken with us. But the cool part is it's soft edges, and you get to influence it how you'd like and have fun, um, be hard, be early, be late, you know, whatever you 
not say whatever you want, but <clears throat> you go off of a lot of feel and what is needed at that moment in that time for the team, for the staff. And that's the exciting part, I think, right now is figuring it all out and um, how we want to create the opportunities each day to get a little bit better that get us in the moments to get where we want to go. And that is to be playing in December. So what was the moment like when you realized, okay, I'm, I'm doing this. I'm going to be the head coach at Oklahoma. <laughs> yeah, no, um, it was Christmas Eve. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, it was Christmas Eve, Merry but Christmas. <laughs> I know, I know. It was like Santa couldn't have brought any better <laughs> presents, right? But you just, in your conversations, when you finally, I, and I also learned this from a coach um, that I learned from at Kentucky. He said, you know, you need to tell your AD when you're going through that hiring process hey, I'm that interested in your program and that job, and I believe I could be the one that could could do what you want to see happen. And, you know, it's really hard to talk about yourself a lot like that, but you have to put yourself out there. And um, through the conversations it, with Joe and Greg and Lindy and just seeing that people come here and they have what they need to do what they need to do. And it, it's not about the haves, but it's, it's the support. It's, mm-hmm. the, it's not the dollars. It's not the tangible things. It's the intangibles. It's um, being at a place that's won nas- national championships across the board and multiple times. And people understand the work that it takes to do that behind the scenes, in the off season, in the moments when no one's really watching. Um, and so I knew then, you know, because uh, just the flight had been delayed, this, that, the other, but the opportunity to still make time to make it happen that you know, volleyball was important. And so I think that, and, you know, they want to know how they can take care of your family to get you here. And, you know, that, that's just so, so important that you feel wanted. Everyone feels, wants to feel wanted. So, um, I felt that here and here we go. (laughs) So you've mentioned Joe Castiglione a couple of times now, and he's been no stranger to taking chances on, um, you know, some coaches that he sees talent in at a very young age, right. And Riley right across the, (laughs) Across the way here is one of those. So what was, what do you credit kind of your journey and your journey to being able to be in this spot at such a young age? Um, I think my, my former boss at Kentucky honestly had the same kind of vision of if you take someone that you believe in that has the right intangible pieces to do the tangible duties of the job, um, it doesn't really matter what their age. You can coach them and teach them just like you're coaching and teaching your own team out on the floor. You can teach them and coach them in their position. So how to recruit, the ways to go about it, but also not micromanaging those situations and letting, you know, if they're creative, let them be creative. If they're, you know, very detail-oriented and, and stat-driven, let them, you know, become an expert within their role. And <clears throat> I was taken on as a baby at Kentucky. I was 20, 24, wow. um, and I was, you know, an assistant coach there. People are going, what the heck? You know, probably on the outside looking in, mm-hmm. they're like, why are, you, why are you doing this? Again, you know, you're on the road to success, and you need to find someone that's done it before this. And he just didn't. I don't think he listened to the outside noise and he trusted what he knew and um, went with that. And I am forever grateful. I mean, Craig Skinner saw me grow up through coaching and um, both on a, a family side and personally, socially to also as a coach, as a recruiter. Um, and when you hear your boss say you're ready, like I think that's even more 
validation than, right. you know, in your head or your heart, you know, you know, but when he's like, Lindsay, you are ready to go. Like, trust me, you are ready. Um, that's all you need. And it's kind of like not the kick out the door, but it's the springboard to jump into the deep end a little bit. <laughs> so it's, um, I, I mean, have been forever grateful for him and, um, the opportunities that he allowed me to have, um, at such a great place and prepare me for an opportunity like Oklahoma. And, and honestly, when you go through, you know, you make your dream list, uh, Oklahoma's on it and it was on it for a long time because, the department was very similar to what, you know, Mitch Barnhart had done at Kentucky. And you respect that because that doesn't just happen overnight. And you don't just have a department of championship teams. Um, you know, you don't just run in the black on your own and are self-sufficient and give money back to a university. You don't just, you know, take care of your teams, your staffs, and always kind of what's next in the student-athlete experience to have thinkers like that, those are places you want to be a part of. And so, yeah, OU's been on that list. Wow. It's just one of those when the timing is right. And so they always say it, you know, timing is everything or things happen for a reason. And I can't be a bigger believer of it than in this year and how it all fell into place for us with, you know, the culmination of the season that we had at Kentucky to what that was able to snowball for us and opportunities as a staff and, um, I'm just so thankful to be here and, and sitting here and doing this. And this is cool stuff. So <laughs> what is some of the advice that maybe someone in the Kentucky coaching staff gave you for the transition from being an assistant coach and a recruiting coordinator to the head coach? Yeah. <laughs> um, more, you know, don't hire your friends, but hire people you respect. Um, you know, don't sacrifice the talent over the character of the people in your program um, and that you know, from the get-go, you know, establish your expectations early and then don't break on them, you know, the plasticity of it. Um, but as a coach, you always need to be learning. If you think by the time, by just getting to the head coaching chair, that means you've figured it out, you are, you're going to fail because you have to continue to evolve yourself as a learner, as a coach, um, to, you know, become your best and give your best to your team. So I've tried, even in like when trying to figure out how to get from the embassy suites to here, not using Google Maps. Like, that's a big step. That's one of, that's a big step, right? But also, you know, picking up the phone and being able to call up a fellow coach that is a head coach in, whether in the Big 12 or another Power 5 or wherever, and just ask questions. And, and say, hey, have you had this situation and how did you handle it? Or, you know, when you've walked into something like this or that, like, it, and they take care of you. Coaches are the best thieves, right? Of drills, <laughs> of knowledge, of everything. Of so, of, yeah, <laughs> fellow coaches sometimes. Yeah, sorry if we've done that. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Quick but, shout out. Yeah, <laughs> you know who you are. Um, but no, it's uh, it's been good that way. And so, one of the greats, Coach Dunning, he came in last year because I think our coach felt you know, I'm not done yet. I need to figure out a way to tap into this group, this talent, and make it the best for them. Um, and he did that. And I've taken a lot of things from that, too. So if you don't take from a national championship coach, I don't know what. And that's kind of the cool thing here. I'm, like, popping into KJ's office earlier. So I'm like, hey, you know, what's going on? You're, you're, there's no shortage of national championship no, coaches No, no. So I'm just kind of, like, from Coach Gasso <laughs> and all of it. And, like, 
why it, like she probably doesn't even know this because I haven't told her, but total fangirl of Coach Gasso. <laughs> oh, because I grew up playing softball. I didn't play volleyball until I was 16. Oh, wow. So I like really on the coaching career, like very young and also playing career. So I'm still learning all the way around. But um, I grew up playing softball forever. Came down to the Oklahoma like World Series all the time. And so I was sitting on my interview. I'm like, okay. You know, <laughs> when can at, we meet? Yeah, I know, I know. Like, and, then, and then it's on my itinerary. And I was like. Oh, she walked by. I know. I know. And I was like, is it bad to ask for a picture? Because if I don't get the oh. job. Then, you know what I mean? It's going on my Instagram for sure. I know. <laughs> so no, it was just one of those like deep down, like little girl in me um, dream type meets. And it was pretty cool. And so, and then to find out. Josh, or I'm sorry, not Josh. God, you got to cut that out <laughs> because my boss called him Josh this weekend. I was like, "Good job, Craig." Um, Jake's mom is a huge softball fan too, and so she's like, "So when I come to visit, if there's maybe a game going, on, but it was it was cool that way." So um, I don't know. There's my tangent. You're gonna have to cut a lot of this out. I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, you're good. No, I think that's cool that you know, um, like. Coach Gasso, we actually had her on a couple weeks ago, mm-hmm. and she talked a lot about how Coach Stoops was huge in her kind of developing here. Mm-hmm. And so she's kind of tried to pass it on. So I think that that's a cool story that, you know, I think she's more than willing to be open and open her doors to right. to the people that are right. here. So um, on, like, um, just the transition to right. here, it's it's got to be a little bit tough getting, you know, you've got your own recruits in here, but then you've got some kids that are already on the on the on the roster how do you go about kind of getting them to buy into your system how it's got to be a challenge at at times and it's something that you haven't done you're a proven recruiter you're a proven assistant coach but you haven't had to do this part of it right right no and that was one of the things I I got at a convention was and it was Sue Inquist actually and a fellow softball great um she said you got to give it back to the kids a little bit even when you don't want to Mm -hmm. you have to it's like a crawl walk run stage and that's going to help you build the trust and that's what you need first you need their trust you need them to believe that you're going to be there right by them not ahead of them you know leading the way but you are shoulder to shoulder going through it with them um, and give it back to them a little bit so you know ask them questions not just about the x's and o's or the the volleyball stuff it's who they are where they're coming from what they want to do in life Um, because if you know, they have goals and aspirations outside of volleyball, you know, then that's great. And how can we create those goals and aspirations inside of volleyball? You know, what do you want to do here? Um, Too many times I think kids just think I just show up and I play, but it's okay to have goals of, I want to be an All-American. I want to be on the national team. I want to go play pro. I want to play pro to then come back and coach. I, you know, I don't know what those are, but I don't want to put a ceiling on anybody's, you know, dreams and aspirations while they're here at OU. So um, that was one of my first messages to them when we met. It was the volleyball is going to take care of itself because I trust that we've got the right system. We've got the right keywords, all of that. You know, everyone, it's three contacts. There's not a whole lot that's going to change about the game, just that the coach has changed. But what's going to change is how we go about caring for you, taking, you know, letting you know we're here whether you need us because you just flunked a test or you just aced a test or you just nailed an interview or I want to be there for those moments because those are big in shaping who you are. Mm -hmm. And um, so that was something that she had said, like, give it back to them. So have them ask them what they want to do and practice that day, you know, and, Uh and then it's like, (laughs) 
Do you want to ask me what I really they don't want to go away from my game. <laughs> I know, I know. But then you're like, okay, what warm-up drill do you want to do today? You know, because if they feel like they have some say-so in their own progress and development, right. they're going to be bought in 100%. Because then you can say, hey, I gave you the drill. And then you just went halfway through it. Like, I'm not going to do that again. Come on. Right, yeah. You know, and they're like, oh, you're right. I'm not, you know, it's like, okay, so now you know. And it's not a... What were you doing there? It's just, hey, how can we be better next right. time there? Because I think that is what we're all striving to be is a little bit better every single day. I mean, while you're here for your four years, but that should be your goal in life. You know, just how can I be better than I was yesterday? Oh, God, I hit snooze four times. Maybe I should just hit snooze twice. <laughs> oh, shoot, you know? I did that this morning. <laughs> yeah, no, I did too. It was a long weekend. It was a long weekend, girl. But, um, you know, just one of those things where it's like, ah. Oh, I only, I said it was going to work out three times this week and I only got two and like, that's my bad. I'm, I'll be better next week or, mm-hmm. but also everything in moderation, like baked bear, been there a couple of times. Enjoy it. It's not too bad. It's a nice little trip through campus. They didn't have corner. that in Kentucky? No, no, we did have insomnia, but it was like frowned upon. We have those you, now too. I know if you had those ordered like a little six pack and a half gallon in the office, people frown upon that. So I tried to keep that to after hours. <laughs> But no, I mean, it's, uh, it, it's been exciting to get to know them and they have been, I've told them like the door is always open. I'm literally trying to find a way to keep that door unlocked, um, through the business hours because I want them to feel like they can stop in and say hi and use this as a walkthrough because I just, if you see your players and you see them often, then good things are happening to your culture and, you know, they're invested in it and it's a two-way street and everybody understands where we're going and what the roadmap looks like and the end destination is there, but sometimes people, you know, have to get off at an exit and do some things and then get back on and, um, or they have to take a different route, but we're all getting there and that's the exciting part for us, I think. So Jess and I noticed yesterday that, the coaching staff that you've brought in, mm-hmm. they're very defensive minded. Yes. So is that something that you really emphasize or what? Defense wins championships. We Oh my gosh, that's another thing Coach Gas has said. I know. <laughs> Y'all are besties. <laughs> Defense does win championships. I believe if you can be great at ball control and setting you can be in any match, but if you can be elite in the defensive portion of the game, you have an opportunity to win a lot of high-level matches. You can keep the ball off the floor. You can frustrate teams offensively. Um, you know, and yeah, I mean, brought in one of the best. Megan started at Nebraska, finished at A and M, um, had an unbelievable career, and and also Jake has trained you know players at the highest level from Wisconsin to his time at Missouri State with the recent um you know defensive player of the year that they just had those are people that are fine tuned and detailed in the first ball contact um because it's a first ball of the rally to begin whether we're passing or we're serving cuz i think serving sets up defense honestly if you can serve tough and get people out of system in our game um then it'd be like in softball, throwing a pitch to create a ground out, right? right? If we can serve the ball to eliminate an offensive option as an attacker, we've done our job. You know, we want to limit their options over there. So from the first ball attack behind the service line, which is a defensive um, minded attack, and then also the serve or the serve receive and, and the defensive ball, you know, keeping that ball that's attacked at us off the floor. So whether we're blocking it and touching it at the net and then transitioning off or it gets, you know, hit cleanly past our block, well, we have the defenders in the right place 
and and the right type of defenders to make the plays on the balls that we need to to then dig transition and and uh, rally back. So. Did you have your eyes on those coaches from like, okay, I'm starting to go through this process. I'm going to be a head coach. These are two people that I, I kind of kind of been watching their kind of career too, because mm-hmm. the, both coaches are have or were on programs that were in the top of the nation in right. those defensive categories you're talking about. Correct. So that was one of you know you talk about head coaches giving you a little tidbits on what to start thinking about when you make that transition because the first question they ask you on the interview is well, how would you build your staff? Uh And so you know how, based on the system you want to do, but maybe the who's is still a little loose because the list is at, you know, wherever. But um, I had always had great conversation in recruiting with both of them, and but had never really known them personally. So when you can respect someone for what they're doing, where they're at, um, and how they're doing it, you know, because you can see the stats, you can see the numbers, then you know that they kind of, they're doing all the right things off the ball too. So put them on the list. It's worth a conversation. It's like recruiting all over again. You probably have your three on your board and you're going to have conversations with all of them. Okay. Now after that, who do we walk away with? Who did we like the most? Mm -hmm. And who did we, you know, really blend with the best. And that's important too, because we can't just all be type a, but if we all are going to be a little type a, be type A in your expertise. Right. And, you know, kind of find your tree. Like a, <laughs> on it a little bit. I know that sounds bad. But, like, you got to kind of... Maybe you're going to cut that off, too. Um, no, that's staying. That's definitely staying. <laughs> but, you know, find your expertise and thrive in it. And then I think we can all become our very best. And then we can overlap and we can learn from each other that way, too. So, yes, I had them on my list. And then through conversation... They became, you know, foam rises. And so then I'm also a person that I want to get there. I want to hit the ground running. And so it's like in recruiting, if a kid tells you, hey, I want to be at your school or like I told Joe, hey, I believe I'm the person that can do this for you at OU. They said the same thing to me. And to hear that and their trust and belief in doing it here with a first time head coach. I mean, that's awesome. And that was something that I was really, really looking for. And I think we've had a fast and furious month, um, but we've gotten a lot done. So that's exciting, too. So what was their reaction when you offered them the positions? Um, they were like, yes, but I have to I have to call my boss. First. I was like, exactly. No, <laughs> please do that. Please first. do that. And, and it was more, you know, in recruiting, sometimes you feel it and you want to say yes right then. And I was very adamant that I said, take 24 hours, talk to your people. Because I, the best thing you can do is go back, make a pros, cons list, and do what's best for you in mm-hmm. this moment at your juncture in your career, what your goals are too, you know, and do you feel, oh, you, this program, me as your boss and the head coach here, do you feel like that's the best fit for your next step in your career? Because, uh, you know, I don't just want stepping stones but also, you know, I understand that this can be an opportunity that provides a lot more opportunity on the back end, just like Kentucky did for me one day. Um, and so, you know, they were they were jacked. They were <laughs> They're like, we're all in. We're done. We're done. You know, boomer we're, sooner. We're, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, they, like they had their red on. They're good. And like, you know, it's like a recruiting visit too. Like when they're leaving, they're like, well, I might stop by the bookstore. And you're like, okay, <laughs> we're gonna get here. Yeah. Like Chase is gonna take care of you. But okay, whatever you want to do. Um, it was, it was cool that way. So, and and then you just know, because you're like, like as a coach, you feel like you nailed a recruit, you know, mm-hmm. you guess somebody's on board. It's an important piece to how we're going to shape this culture 
change this program, you know, and enhance it so that we can get back on track. And that's, that really is what it is. I mean, Santi laid a great foundation. Um, and I have to thank him a million times over because there were a lot of positions this spring that opened that are intriguing because there's no tradition of success. And, and that was here. And, you know, I'm so grateful to be able to be the next to hopefully enhance what was and, and go a little bit further and, and hopefully reach those goals that way. So we've already been going 23 minutes and it seems Dear like five God, to me. No, it, it's gone. I you, told you. I no, told it's great. Talk. It goes by fast. Yeah, so, and I have all these questions. No, I mean, so we're going to definitely have to have, have you on again. And, yeah. and cause I have a million questions that I still want to ask, but kind of in closing, you yeah. said it's been a fast and furious uh, month here. Right. You've got, you know, workouts coming out where you can work with out with the team a little bit more coming yep. up. You're still recruiting all that stuff. What's kind of the next process so that you're set up, you know, the, the football staff always talks about how this is the most important time to, to set the tone for the team and what they do in August and September. Right. So what's kind of next for you in this blueprint plan that you've been talking about? Right. Right. So we are sending a group of individuals out next weekend is the team USA collegiate national team tryout. I feel like we have a good group of kids that are going to have a good showing out there, but also gain a lot of experience um, to bring back in and hopefully infuse the competitiveness and the culture and the drive and the expectations that, hey, this is what's expected in, in the USA gym. And so these are things that she's been talking about. And so, hey, it's expected in the OU gym. It's expected in the USA gym. Here we go. And we get back from that weekend and we hit team practice and, I think just the pace at which we move from thing to thing and, um, you know, asking questions is a good thing, but let's make sure that we're not repeating the ask and that we're learning while we're asking those questions and processing the information so we can apply it the next time around. Um, you know, we've asked a lot of this group and they have responded already. We've been up and at it at 6.30 every morning, whether it's in the weight room, doing speed school with Kate, um, daily Dane check-ins to make sure that they're getting their daily vitamin and that they're getting their treatment and that their bodies and their minds are ready to go because I do know we're asking a lot of them. And um, they have come with no hesitation, no questions asked. And so I can't compliment them enough, honestly, because they could be just pushing on the brakes and they're not. And they're stepping on the gas, you know, pushing those limits, seeing how far they can go. And 20-hour weeks are a lot, you know, for team practice. But I think we're going to be able to learn and really develop a system that's going to help us win a lot of matches. So that's what we really need to implement is the system that we want to run, um, the tempo at which we want to move at. And that's from, you know, the pace of the drill to the pace of the transition between drills. And, um, you know, I, I want them to have fun. I want them to be engaged. I want them to feel like they have ownership and give it back to them a little bit and, and what they want to get out of some of these kids. I mean, we've got a heavy senior group you know, we have a, a strong split, a lot of freshmen, a lot of upperclassmen. Um, so for the kids that are going out, these seniors, I ask them to lead the way, you know, they have to learn, they have to set expectations, they have to adapt, but dream big. This is your last year, go for it. And we will be there right along with you the entire time and let us know how we can help more, but this is our vision right now. And this is how we see you all being a big piece of the puzzle. So that's the exciting part right now. And I'm going to be very tired. I think we all are going to be very, very tired to practice in the morning. And just like gymnastics, KJ was like, girls don't tumble in the morning. I got to get them up. And she's like, I I'm trying to figure that out. I'm like, yeah, we are going to try and figure out how 
we jump and attack and want to get after it in the morning, but um, that's a adapt you know adaptation that we have to make and and figure out, and it'll be fun. This group we get to compete three times this spring, so to really put the jerseys on, go out there and see it. You know, football gets one spring game. You know, they get a couple scrimmages and stuff, but um, that'll be exciting. And the doors are always open. That's what I want to tell everybody. Like doors are always open to our team, to the fans, to the boosters, to people that just want to learn about us, learn volleyball. The doors to the field house are always open, but we do practice early this spring. So grab your <laughs> coffee and come on in. It'll be 7.30 to 9.30 every morning. But um, So you're like a combo of Patty Gasso and Lon Kruger, I feel like. <laughs> Why do you say that? Lon Kruger has an open door policy Does to he? all of his practices as well. Yeah. So that's awesome. I think that's cool to, to let the fans see what you're what you're doing and, and the excitement level behind this program right now. Yeah, I think we're going to, you know, we have a lot of ideas and, and plans that are kind of in the works. And that's from Greg and Lindy and, T- and um, Joe and everyone at the department that want to see good things happen here for our sports that, um, that share the field house. And so, you know, for that, I think that the biggest piece to that is the fan base, you know, feeling the investment in the team and seeing their development that, Hey, I went in and stopped in at practice in April. And what I'm seeing in August is, Oh my gosh, like I I see that progress. And Mm -hmm. I think when you see progress, you come back because you're engaged and you're intrigued and, um, hopefully it provides access to the program, to the student athletes that, um, you know, people are wanting when they want to be around OU athletics. So, yeah, I can't promise that Baker is going to be at practice. <laughs> you know, there's no going to be sightings of Baker or But you or can't Lincoln. say he's not going to be I there. can't say he's not <laughs> going to be there. Either way. I can't deny that you might see multiple athletes walking to and from class around that time in the morning. So if you stop in for volleyball practice, you might also run into a couple of people walking to English 101. I don't know. <laughs> and if you uh, have listened to the last 30 minutes and don't want to buy your season tickets, I don't I know. know. Is it because... volleyball season yet? Yeah. I mean, come on. I'm fired up. I'm ready to go. Good. You guys are good. I told you I could tangent and talk. So we love it. <laughs> I'm ready for 7:30 workout. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're like okay. <laughs> She's like an energizer butter. You don't want to see me at 9:30 p.m. I'm like. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much. We appreciate you coming on. I appreciate it, you guys. Hopefully, next time we'll be shorter, quicker. No, we don't. We good. don't need shorter on a podcast. That's <laughs> the, the beauty, beauty of, of it. it. Yeah. yeah. Good. Good. So lots to take away there. Um, literally. I, I was monitoring, you know, the, the time and the audio and I, I kind of forgot that that's what I was supposed to be doing. And I looked down and we were 15 minutes in and we were only supposed to go 10 minutes. That's what we told her like, oh, this will only take 10 minutes. But then it's like you get to talking to her and just time goes away because you just enjoy hearing how her approach on on this program and what she's going to do. But then also just on life, you know, she's a ball of energy and it's infectious. I think my favorite part of the entire interview was how much she loved Patty Gasso. Yeah, she, called her, she self-proclaimed fangirl, owned it uh, with Coach no shame Gasso. But, whatsoever. You know, it's funny. We were talking to uh, Jackie Livingston, the director of Ops for Softball, and she said, we have a lot of those. So, I mean, I, I, I could be one, too. I could be a fangirl of Coach Gasso as well. So that's awesome. I think uh, it, that's, you know, there couldn't be a better role model. And she talked a lot about how she's gone to, you know, KJ Kendler and several of the coaches here and I, I think that's so cool that she's jumping right in there and, and not being afraid to ask the coaches that have been established, but then also how they've welcomed her into this very close-knit kind of feror- uh, ferority. Ferority, that's a new <laughs> word for you people. 
fraternity and sorority here at the University of Oklahoma. I actually didn't know what you were saying. I was like, okay, I'll go with it. <laughs> I made up. I make up new words all the time on the daily. But no, that that is cool to hear about how you know welcoming they've been for her. No, absolutely, and I love that she has the open door policy, like Lon Kruger, and you know it really does seem like even the Lincoln Riley, who's just young and she's young. It's just the energy surrounding this program is so exciting. She is implementing a blueprint, which I love. Like she has a system that she's ready to put in place, and I think it's really. She sounds like she's going to do it, which I think is really, really interesting and great. And she didn't seem overwhelmed at all. I think a lot of times, maybe new coaches, you you catch them. At this time where, you know, you, you're, you almost sometimes they want to do too much at first and it's, she's got a game plan and she's very diligent about that game plan. And I think that's huge because I do think it could be super overwhelming when you come into this for the first time and you're trying to do everything like you want to do. But like you heard her talk about, you know, when she's relating to the players that are already here, like sometimes what do you want to do in practice today? I think that's so cool because that's not at all how I would be. I would be like, this is what we're going to do. I'm going to do it my way. I, you know, I can be OCD at times. So, like, I would be like, oh, we're going to do it my way. I just want to do it my way. And I think that's that's so cool to hear that, like, you know, she's very much trying to make it just as much like, this is our program. This isn't my program. This is our program. And we're going to do this together. And it had to help that she was the recruiting coordinator at Kentucky, bringing in, knowing what type of people she likes to have in her program bringing them in I don't want to get too deep into recruiting but she already has transfers lined up and really just exciting stuff she's not and right what you said she's not overwhelmed like she's really ready to get going and start this thing like like all everybody that you talk to that knows her whether she played for them or coached for them they all said she was ready and that's I I don't even know you know claim to know much about um you know volleyball and coaching and and that whatnot but I 100% am a believer of that, that she's ready for this and she's going to do big things. And we didn't even get into the recruiting part, Mm -hmm. which she is known for across the country. And, you know, she's gotten several um, recognitions and accolades that um, at a young age. And a lot of that stems back to how good of a recruiter she is. And that's so huge in any sport that you do. And so it sounds like, again, she already has a great game plan for that. We talked to her a lot about that, even um, off camera. I don't know what to call it, off recorder. Off air. <laughs> um, yeah, off air that, you know, she she talked a lot about. And I thought that was interesting as well. So hopefully we'll be able to get her back on because literally, like I said at the end of the interview, I had so many questions planned for her. And we didn't even really get into her backstory much. Like, and, and I thought it was fascinating just to hear kind of her taking over the reins and, um, you know, what her plan is. And, and hopefully we'll get to have her on again. She actually... Did a podcast in, at Kentucky that we, we found out about she's as well. all for it. So, yeah, I think, you know, she's definitely someone we'd like to get back on and, and hear a little bit more because I just felt bad that we literally took up 30 minutes of her time and we told her we'd only take 10. And she's a busy woman right now, people. Not only that, when we go into her background, which we barely touched, and she didn't even start playing volleyball until she was 16. Yeah. Like, that was instantly, I was like, what? Like, we should probably dive deeper, but we just didn't have the time. Yeah, so Sooner fans that are listening, make sure you follow OE Volleyball on Twitter. They're going to be doing great things. And like she said, wants to have people come in to their practices in the spring and people come in in the in the summer and, and whatever they're doing. She wants to kind of open up so that fans know what they're doing and can kind of relate. Because I think that that is so important because, 
Meg, and you can even say this as well, but like you think about when you have a connection to somebody, you want to cheer them on even more. You want to watch their games. And, um, you know, you think about the teams, like I'm a huge Thunder fan and, you know, the getting to know when you can know and see a player on a level where you can relate to them beyond just like, oh, that's, that's the, that's the volleyball team or, oh, that's the basketball team. But when you relate and actually really connect to somebody, then you want to cheer for them. You want to root for them. You want to tune into their games. You want to come and be in attendance for their games. So I thought that was a great, great point as well. And it's so great for fans, but it's really great for athletes too, which I don't think a lot of people realize. Like when I was at Iowa State and we had, we had an open door policy, people could come to our practices whenever they wanted the team has a better practice. Yeah. You don't want to do bad in front of people like fans that are out there cheering for you, wanting to do well. The second people come into your practice, the level gets higher. I mean, and I guarantee that's what she's trying to do. It happens every time. Practices are a little bit earlier than what they're used to. So bring your coffee, but fans show up. The players get better. Fans become more More interested. Yeah. Like it's a, it's a domino kind of a full circle. What am I trying to say here? I've been giving you all these words. I don't know. I don't know. It's just a positive on both ends of the spectrum. It just, it relates to both. Yeah. They kind of feed off of each other. Mm -hmm. They go hand in hand. Yes. So, um, yes, please give them a follow on Twitter. And I cannot say enough uh, good things about Lindsay Gray Walton and the plan she has in place. So um, we appreciate her kind of giving uh, a lot of her time and look forward to great, great, great things from Oklahoma Volleyball. So, we appreciate you listening. We've had great numbers on this thing. So hopefully we're yeah, doing something right. I don't know, but hopefully it's all Chris guys, Plank. Yes, we'll keep coming back. Got to give a shout out, Chris Plank. As always, thank you uh, for producing this thing and then helping us get it out. Follow us on Twitter at Jessica Cootie, at Meg underscore underscore McDonald, at OU on the air. Make sure you tune in to all of our great other Sooner Sports podcasts. Uh, dropping Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Thursday, I believe as well. Got a great lineup for you. So make sure you subscribe and listen and all of that great stuff. And uh, we'll see you back here next Wednesday. So uh, thanks for listening. Bye. This has been the Sooner Sports Podcast. Make sure to get all the latest episodes online right now at Soonersports.tv slash podcast. And make sure to follow us on Twitter at OU on the air. Some people just know there's a better way to do things, like bundling your home and auto insurance with Allstate, or hiring someone to move your piano instead of doing it yourself. So do things the better way. Bundle home and auto and save up to 25% with Allstate. Bundled savings vary by state and are not available in every state. Saving up to 25% is the countrywide average of the maximum available savings off the home policy. Allstate Vehicle and Property Insurance Company and Affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois.